All right, welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nelly J, y'all, and we are Good Rookies. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? As y'all know, we are in 2021, and this is episode 21. 21. <laughs> Big up on self. <laughs> so, guys, we're so excited, y'all. We have an amazing guest, our first guest on the podcast this year. Let's go, Fahim. Who do we got, bro? That's right. First for 2021, we have owner and founder of SOS Custom Clothing. We got Trevor on the podcast. Trevor. 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 What up, Trevor, man? So I see you, Trevor, in your little, 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 little Canadian gear and your little basketball you. stuff. You know, you know, I see you, I see you. So now you're yeah, actually basketball from, never stops. Yeah, I know you're yeah. a baller. Like you, so first of all, I know you're a diehard NBA fan, like basketball fan. For sure, for sure. Die hard. Is it from playing ball growing up on the court or more watching a team in a game and saying, like, yo, this is my team, my sport, I got to get involved? No, I played basketball growing up. I started out actually as a kid playing tennis, mm. uh, just by, I guess, just started out playing tennis. And then tennis started to get expensive and I wasn't that good. And it was a uh, kind of an individual <laughs> sport. Uh, yeah, I'm not lying. Anyone that plays tennis, you know. And then I had a growth sport where I got taller. And then they started to develop basketball courts in my area, and I would go and play with the guys and stuff like that. And the rest is history. Oh wow, that's dope, man! Yeah, Question: So <laughs> you uh, you played tennis? Yeah. Who's your at the time? Who was your favorite uh, male tennis player? Well, I'm kind of dating myself, but like guys like Agassi and stuff like that. And okay, those that's not a people. date. So it was always it was always Agassi and Sampras, right? Oh yeah, those guys. So your team, Agassi, Agassi, you're saying. I don't really have a, a, a go-to guy, but I mean, yeah. Um, I, I watched those guys play um, a couple growing up for sure. All right. What about on the female side, the female, the women's tennis? Any At the favorites? time, women's tennis wasn't as popular. Of course, now you have uh, Venus and Serena Williams. Right. Um, but yeah, at the time, women's tennis wasn't as popular. But funny enough, my coach used to tell the, the, the people that are developing in tennis, right. watch the women's tennis because it's just a little slow or nothing against her. It's just the men's tennis was so fast, but if you're trying to learn the game, right. I think you tell us, like, watch women's tennis just to learn it because it's at, it's just at a slower pace. Right. Well, you mentioned uh, Agassi. I mentioned mm-hmm. Sampras. Around that same time would have been uh, Steffi Graf. Steffi Graf. Was it Steffi yeah, Graf, true. Steffi Graf. She was, I didn't she was watch a big coach. <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't watch the, as much. And honestly... I grew up in um, St. Kitts in the Caribbean, so I didn't have as much exposure to those channels as well. Right. So talk about that, because in Trinidad, all we got was basketball games and only MJ games. Like, literally, in Trinidad, they barely showed any other sport. That or track. Of course, cricket. I'm going to show you football, soccer. But other sports, Raheem, barely saw that stuff in the Caribbean, man. Mm, Barely. (laughs) Hear that. Hear that. Uh, so, well, definitely, uh, you're wearing the Team Canada drip right now. You're all about ball. Yes. Yes. So, let's touch upon some uh, East-West overview again to the NBA real quick. Uh, so, this is week two at the NBA, right, Nelly J? Yeah, I think we're actually going to be on week three. Well, it might be three. It could start in, like, December. It could it's be second with the first day. So, so, so we're going yeah. into, so first by the time, this, yeah, so we're going to be in the third week. Mm-hmm. So, sure. um, so uh, anything in the Eastern Conference? Uh, that you guys want to mention? Actually, let me just go to the uh, 
I'm going to go through the rankings because yeah, I feel I the Eastern the is kind of like this is strong, stronger. This <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, it's definitely uh, not as it usually is. I mean, it's it's stacked. Yeah. It's really it stacked. I'm really surprised this year. Uh, we got you got, got most Philly from the West. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh, the West infiltrated the East. The oh, West yeah, right. infiltrated the East. <laughs> of the <sense. laughs> right. No real talk though. Like. First of all, the top five teams in the East, guys, who would have thought it'd be the Sixers, then Magic, then Pacers, Celtics, then Knicks? Like, the, the Nets are not even top five. Mm. So yeah. running out even after the Knicks, at six, you have Cleveland, you have Milwaukee Bucks, and you have, at eight, you have the Hawks. Mm -hmm. so, so far, those are teams in the first few weeks that are in playoff position. Mm. Um, like you said, Philadelphia is not a team that we thought would be at this point, a number one team in the East. Wow, looks like those offseason moves they made is paying off. And Doc Rivers, I mean, who would have thought he, his impact? Because I feel, I mean, have y'all watched, like, Philly's, like, movement, ball movement? Mm. I'm like, they're, they look very in sync. Like, yeah, that team looks very in sync together. Chemistry is phenomenal. Um, the additions of Curry on that team. Um, Tobias is balling. Like, I'm just like, the team is oh, good. Can we talk about Tobias some woman? Yes, of <laughs> Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Tobias better be balling because he's on a $200 million contract. <laughs> right. He's, he's like he's, top, he's, I think I was looking at the list, he's like top five paid this year. And it's, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to him. He's a really good, solid player. And as you said, right. he better be balling because he's getting paid right. right this year. He was also their choice instead of Jimmy Butler. So let me ask you, Trevor, real quick. In hindsight, here we are. Even though he's playing well, as you mentioned, Tobias Harris. Yeah. Uh, if you're Philadelphia, you had a chance of keeping Jimmy Butler. You letting go of Tobias Harris. Who are you keeping? Who are you letting go? Honestly, I would keep uh, Tobias Harris because of his um, demeanor. Because Jimmy Butler is in himself, and it works, but it doesn't always work for a lot of teams. If you have someone like Jimmy Butler's type of um, I guess, demeanor with certain players, like maybe a Joel Embiid, it may not fit. The same thing when he was in Minnesota and him and Carl um, Anthony Towns didn't really get along because his demeanor and the way that he plays kind of old-school, hard-nosed, and those guys just want to kind of have fun. So it could be that I would pick him based on the, 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 the mesh with the team, not his skills. Like he's skilled. So you see what he did last year in the playoffs. He can score. He can do whatever it takes. No one thought Miami would have been in the finals last year. So right. Jimmy Butler, it was an integral piece of that on that team. But on Philly, maybe not. Another team, probably I would pick uh, Jimmy over Tobias. Because chemistry is a major thing. See, I'm, I'm different from you because I'm looking at playoffs. Tobias looks great now, but in the playoffs, what the hell is he going to do? I don't think Tobias is a playoff, like like juggernaut like I think you want Butler on your team for playoffs because in the playoffs Jimmy will perform he's consistent and his defense will lock you down and he will play offensively and he will also try to help his players get better like he took in rookies on his team that are now like being talked about as the top 10 players in the NBA like why is Tyler a top 10 player because of Jimmy Butler you know what I mean so for me like I think Tobias is, yes, he's a good player, but if I'm Philly, I would have kept Butler only because in the playoffs is where they struggle, and I think they need someone like that kind of leadership to make them want to play hard in the playoffs. Yeah, as I said, Jimmy put them on the map last year in terms of all those guys. All those guys wouldn't have been where they are uh, if it wasn't for Jimmy Butler. Since Jimmy Butler put them on the map um, mm. in that sense. So, yeah, playoff time, 
Tobias Harris, maybe you want his consistency during the playoffs and maybe you want someone like a Ben Simmons to step up and be that juggernaut versus... Because Ben Simmons mm-hmm. is balling right now, so maybe you just need Tobias Harris to be consistent, do his thing, give you mm-hmm. his, his his regular stats and have someone like Ben Simmons take the spotlight because maybe Tobias Harris is not really a guy to take the spotlight in playoff situations. Mm-hmm. So I want to switch this real quick. We got the Knicks. They're the only team in this mix. Like Atlanta, I guess there's a bunch of new teams here. But in regards to the Knicks has been the biggest surprise so far. I know they're in the middle of the pack at four and three. Um, but it's a real surprise to see Julius Randle really, for the, finally for the first time in his career, playing to his potential. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's honestly, I'm so happy for him. Like it's it's well overdue. Come for him. I remember a couple of years ago, you brought up Randall. Like, yo, look up for Randall from time, and it's been like silent night with him. And I'm not sure what kicked his butt. Was it the bubble? Was it COVID? Was it the protests? I don't know what it did, but something like triggered his inner fire because he's playing with no hesitation. He's being aggressive, making the right calls, and that team, you can tell. All the heckling that has been done against the Knicks for the last decade is now coming back. So, and I know, of course, Stephen A is very happy for the Knicks because, you know, he hated them for missing out on a couple key pickups. But, you know, I'm I'm good to see, like, the Knicks look good. But like we said, it's early, right? It's early. But it's interesting to see that there's teams that didn't make the bubble that are actually balling out. It's like that extra four months of rest. They just come back with all this fire. And the teams that were in the bubble are, like, struggling in the East compared to the ones that, that weren't. So I honestly, I can't wait to see like the next month where it, how things will change. But if the Knicks keep it up, I think they'll be the number one shocker. Like, like, like you know, OKC last year was shocking to everyone, OKC. This year, I think the, the Knicks can be, can be that shocking team that no one suspected to make it to the playoffs. <laughs> and that's the thing. Knicks had a trash record last year. Maybe he was just fed up losing. And he had the time because he didn't make it to the bubble to just work on his game. Some guys just never get enough time to focus on themselves and focus on practicing and putting up shots, all that stuff. So with him, maybe he's just like, yo, this year, I don't, I'm don't. i in a position where I, the coach will give me the green light and I'm fed up of losing, so I'm just going to do what I know I can do. I've prepared myself and let's get it. So it's working. Sometimes with players, um, it's also about timing and developing and just your, your time coming. Perfect example would be Brandon Ingram. Ingram oh, now is balling yeah. out, but you look at him when he first came to the Lakers, he had potential, but for the first year or two, it was kind of like, is he there? Is he not there? Um, here he is, like maybe, what, four or five years in, and he's hit his stride. And I think the same thing with Julius Randle. Randle took him a while to get his feet wet. Now he's at the stage, about fifth year, where like he, he he's, he's comfortable in the league now, and I think he's ready to make a mark. So shout out to Julius Randle still. Um, going to Randall the rep. Brandon Ingram, sorry, Brandon Ingram is the perfect example of that. I haven't thought about it even before um, doing this. Is that I remember him when he got drafted. I remember when he went to the Lakers. I'm like, who is this guy? This skinny, lanky <laughs> kid looks scared. Right. He was the, the, with the team he was with. He wasn't really the the main guy. Can he really play? They said he's good. He doesn't look that good. He looks like he needs to. He's, he's I, I just say he's MAGA. Right, of course. Yeah, exactly. And then the last two years, I'm like, yo, this guy's balling. Like, right. it's just, you You just see the growth and you see the improvement. And the thing with him, the most improvement I've seen is his shot. His shot is just consistent. Mm-hmm. You get a consistent jump shot in the NBA, you could, you could, you could take out any team because that consistency is just going to hurt them. 
Agreed. So that's what you're saying also is uh, not only does he have the shot, I think his whole game is complete. Like he could, when he makes his moves to the bucket, yeah. um, there's no, 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 he's got so much in the bag, like so many different ways to get to the hoop. And uh, I think that's what's separating him from this younger pack, I think. Just the fact that not only is he confident, but he knows um, he has that KD-ish ability in him. So shout out to him. Um, a couple highlights with him do some vicious dunks and like that wasn't him like first year right he was probably too afraid or timid to do those dunks but now right. he's just one and getting him right now in the west uh same deal uh west is kind of upside down and you know we got the lakers at top uh phoenix suns two clippers three utah jazz four uh, New Orleans Pelicans, five, Golden State, six, Sacramento, seven, and Portland at eight. Uh, the only team, obviously, that looks like he does not belong in this group are the Sacramento Kings. And like the Kings, put that yeah, crown on. <laughs> what, I don't foresee what them being, there? Like, right. what's happening? <laughs> being a playoff team. They're the next in the, in the, in the, in the, in the West. Balling. They're balling, though. <laughs> Got a, uh, the Kings have a bunch of young kids that just don't just go out and just run you down and don't don't care. They just play. Right. <laughs> right. What's interesting think... too for me is um, I, like honestly, like are we shocked of the West because the Suns they were eight and zero in the bubble, um, so they're coming off of a great bubble kind of performance. The Clippers, Lakers, we expect expect that the Pelicans. I mean. I mean, like Zion is back, right? Full effect. So yeah, they're sure. balling. Warriors are well. Honestly, I think the West is very competitive. The Spurs yeah. and Blazers are, are ninth and tenth. I mean, the Portland will all make a comeback. So I'm curious to see because this will this will change a lot. I think from from um, from fourth to tenth will change a lot back and forth throughout the entire year. Right. All those teams between fourth and tenth to me, they're all equal to me. No one right. like the Warriors are good, but they don't got clay. If they had clay, yeah, but without clay, they're gonna be in that mix-up. So I think the top three teams are correct. Like I think the Suns deserve to be there. Actually, the Nuggets, I'm surprised they're not top eight yet. Um, but you know, of course, yeah. they'll make their push soon soon enough. It's um, but no, I think honestly, guys, like it's early, but there's a lot of strong teams that are coming out that no one suspected them that they'll be strong. Let's let's quickly recognize what Steph did this this week, being player yes. of the week. Uh, that's 62. Uh, sixty plus point game he had. Sixty two. Steph less. Steph less. New terminology upon the Good Rickies podcast. <laughs> I got that from uh, inside. I think it's in, inside the NBA. Kenny Smith always says it. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, those yeah, guys yeah. are. Him and Shaq, Stephanie. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll give it up. He, uh, he's balling out, especially not having uh, the tools around him. Now, mind you, it's regular season. Uh, Steph Curry has that type of game in him. Uh, I'm not really one. I'm not really a believer of him in the playoffs. Tell you the truth, like in regards to him leading your team. And I know it sounds like how many rings does he have? Three. He has three rings. He has right? Three rings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I mean, when I say that, what that's all everyone throws in my face. Oh, he's got three rings. And I say, yes, but he also has zero finals MVPs. Meaning in the finals, when your team won the game, you were nothing more than a complimentary player Shots in that final fired. series. So, and that's just a fact. That's just a fact. <laughs> 0 for 3, you let Andre Iguodala outshine you in the finals. That's just facts. So, 
Uh, but you know what? I think yes. this is the year that Steph, I think if I'm Steph Curry, I'm going to use this year to prove all those doubters because, you know, like literally he's by himself. Like Dr right. Draymond just, Dr Dray just got back like this week. So the first week and a half he didn't have, and I no. really think Draymond Green's leadership was important because you saw him talking to play. Hey, you go there. Like Draymond is like, it's an orchestrator. Like, like, so I think having Draymond yeah. there to back him up is going Definitely. to be vital to success because Draymond is that emotional leadership that you need. And Steph yeah. is more of that quiet leadership, right? So I think mm -hmm. having Dre and him together, I think they'll definitely make it to the playoffs. How far will they go in the West? I'm not sure because the West is competitive. Now, I think Clay's injury, is it all year? I'm not yeah. sure. Is it like, okay, so, so without Clay at all, we like they're not going to beat the Lakers. They're not going to beat. No, no, forget they beat the Lakers. We're talking, are they going to get in the playoffs? Like, realistically, I, I, like I early. think they will. Yes, I think so. You think? Well, Trevor, they get in the playoffs? They could. But Draymond, yes. If he stays healthy, I think so. Trevor, you say you think so, Trevor? With the, with the new play-in scenarios where seven, eight, nine, or something could get a chance, the same way they did for the bubble last year, right? They could, right? Because so Steph, about... Steph could just turn it on to get to that point mm -hmm. when it's crunch time. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, that's I, fair. I, I'm going with no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with no. <laughs> you're, so, you're so hard. You're so cold towards Steph, bro. No what did you do to you, Fahim? What, what, what's up with you and Steph, bro? It's like a light skin thing battle, a light skin battle here. <laughs> in Steph's defense, in terms about playoffs and Iguodala, mm -hmm. I think it came down to a size and thing. He's not that big, and he can't be that dominant in certain situations. He can shoot the lights out. Sometimes you need that big-bodied person like Draymond to push guys around and make shots. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Steph just kind of he high, he just runs from everything and puts up the shots, and they go in. It's efficient, but. During the playoffs, it's a slower game, mm -hmm. so maybe that slower game doesn't suit him. Because if he's yeah. gonna spot up to shoot, they're gonna they're gonna be on him. Right. So he has to like slow it down. He's not a back up someone in the post and turn around and shoot type of guy. That's the thing. Right. So that benefits a guy like Draymond and LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. So I also like sorry just to cut you in, Fahim. I actually want to give you a shout out because. Out of all the teams in the West, you actually called this team out, and no one even blinked. The Suns. How did you know the Suns would be this good for him? Because you before, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like, but for him knew from beforehand that the Suns were going to be a contender. So how did you know that? What did you see in the Suns in the bubble and picking up Chris Paul that you thought, yeah, this team's going to be solid? Well, we knew in the bubble they were like, the bubble was like Cinderella for that team. Really, they really shouldn't have been there, um, but the fairy dust just had them in there. Um, <laughs> they look like they're player away. Devin Booker, he's been certified, but he's never really had any help. Um, so definitely, once uh, once they got Chris Paul, it was just kind of obvious, you know. You like Chris mm -hmm. Paul, put him with Devin Booker. You have a sick backcourt. Um, you know, the team itself, they even Aiton, like they they're young, right? But especially watching Chris Paul with you with OKC going to OKC, that to me that was a no brainer. So uh, they will be in the playoffs this year. Um, and dangerous in the playoffs, I think. Yes. Dangerous. Um, I want to go to some quick Raptor talk real quick on the way out of, of this. <sighs> Nelly J. Um, okay, so the Raptors, guys, we saw this week that a lot of the players like Fred, um, Kyle Lowry, pretty much admit 
that they fuck it up. That, that, sorry, but they fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, they admit to the fact that it's the core players, something's wrong with them. And I'm curious to know what it is. Like, you know, Siakam got benched for some type of thing that he did. No one knows what he did, but he got benched for, I guess, breaking a rule. Uh, so Nick Nurse benched him. Um, something's up with this team. I don't know if it's an uh, issue with, the, with between them, but Fred did say that the rookies are doing well. The new guy, the new players on the team are doing well. The issue is the core player. So that's Siakam, that's Norm, that's Fred, and that's Kyle Lowry. So, you know, I actually wanted to send them positive vibes because all I can do, like at this point, the team is garbage. The team is playing like trash. Let's be real. They're playing like actual trash. And I really wish that, and again, it's weird because they're good players. They're not bad. They're not a bad team, but they're playing like garbage. So I'm just hoping that with Fred and Kyle Lowry all on the same page that they find a way to win. That's all I'm hoping for. So right now the team is one in five. Uh, so I'm at one in five, still not worried. No panic buttons going off. Um, the only thing, so as a team, as a collective, as a whole, I'm not worried because my expectations is not that this is a championship team. Uh, so, you know, realistically, we're two games out of a playoff spot. Let's not overreact here. Okay. Um, but I do want to say the panic button is going off in regards to Pascal Siakam. Um, I don't need to see another week to, to understand that we have him in a situation where he's clearly not comfortable. Um, he's not a one, number one franchise leadership type of person. And um, I think the sooner as an organization, we figure out that he's not that guy. Um, either we make a move or we, uh, we position ourselves to make a move in the future. But he's not that guy. Siakam, honestly, he's in my doghouse right now. I, I, I wish he'd do better, but I'm not seeing anything from him. He, he's the kind of player who would get 20 points and like 10 rebounds and it'd just be a quiet, insignificant 20-10. And I know like you say um, 20 and 10, the number itself, uh, it's good, good, good numbers, good work, but I'm just not seeing the play that's warranted a previous all-star or a previous second team NBA. It's not happening anymore. Those days are over. But like, like what has changed though? Like it's the thing, right? At the end of the day, like right now, I think top 50 scorer, Kyle Lowry's in there, Fred is in there. Sh shockingly, the, the two Raptors that are top top 50 in scoring right now in the NBA. But mm. my, my, my question is, you know, how can Siakam go from a top 20 scorer to not even being top 50? And then, like, as you mentioned, Fahim, like, I'm not panicked, but the team's playing like trash. They're not playing good. Like, we know how they can play. When, when they're on point, they play really well. We've seen them play really well in moments in the games. But then, for some reason, there's parts in a game where there's turnovers, there's miscommunication, there's bad handoffs, like... Something's going on where mentally, mentally, they're, mentally they're losing the game themselves. Like, like I don't think like they're being beaten by teams. I think they're losing the game before they get on the court. And my issue is that how can they come from this slump? Because right now they're obviously slumped right now. So how can his team find a way to win? Trevor, uh, yeah. your thoughts, bro. My perspective on this. <laughs> no, the interesting thing about um with NBA teams and that if you break it down. Any team can beat any team at any given night. They yeah. just have 
and you just have to make the most shots when this when the when this buzzer sounds. Like literally, I'm breaking it down and trying to make it simple. But you said another key thing, which I think is the it's what's happening. It's the mental. Once they fix the mental, they're gonna be fine. They can make the shots. They have guys that can score. They have the big guys and maybe need to do more. Honestly, um, Alex Len, he's tall and he's long, but I mean, he may need to. They need maybe need to integrate him more or find someone more solid than him. Comparing him to like a Gasol, Gasol had a better basketball mentality and knowledge of the game. If you see clips of him, Gasol and LeBron making passes without even like look like they like look like they've been playing together for years because mm -hmm. they mentally they just know where the ball should be at a certain time. I got like Alex Len is a young guy and he maybe just doesn't have that type of knowledge, that passing ability, that mental side of the game. Like a lot of teams that are winning and that have won in the past, it's the mental side that has been the key. So we so need to correct it and if they can't correct it. Talk about uh, uh, Pascal Siakam. It's mental for him as well. Mentally, he needs to just stop worrying about everything and just make your shots. And that that kind of comes on to the, the bottom of it. If they can so I think we're that, on the same page with that. I think we're on the same page where with Pascal, it's mental. That's fine. If we acknowledge and we say, hey, you know what? It's, it's, it's a mental block he's in. We have to look now saying going forward, does he get over this mental block or is it something that's going to continue to hinder him? Something's got to give, yeah. Do you think? Do you think so? Are you optimistic he's going to get over this mental block, or do you think he's not going forward? Honestly, what pops into my head right now is that there's a lot of pressure that has been put on him, right? And I don't know if he can come back from it. I'm not saying he's done and he's going to be the worst player in the NBA, but when uh, when when we signed Kawhi, and this is a true story, there was someone at my work where when we signed Kawhi, and I'm like. I told them, like, we have a chance this year. And then when we won, they're like, Trevor, remember that time when you said when we signed Kawhi, we have a chance this year? Because a lot of people didn't know who Kawhi was and they didn't know the quality of player he was and the type of mental juggernaut he is that, that what he brought to the team. People didn't know because, I mean, exposure to Western games and stuff like that. An example of the, the type of mental game knowledge that Kawhi has, I don't know if you see it early in the season when we first got him, I saw it was six in my mind. He intercepted a pass yeah. without looking. Yeah, the and they asked him, "Did you see it?" And he said, "No, I didn't see it. I just knew that the ball was going to be there at that time." And you're like, "Whoa, the, you knowledge. can't really, you can't." That's knowledge and just it, it's it's certain things where they always talk about how young Siakam he just started to play basketball and stuff. It's just the mental side of it is is a lot of people don't really talk about it, but it is key when there's certain situations where you need to win. Like, the, there's times when people talk about LeBron where he would call out five, six plays that happen with three minutes in the quarter. Like the way LeBron recites certain games is just on a different level to someone like a Siakam. Right. Yeah, Nelly true. J, you think he, in the future he's going to get over it or do you think he's going to be stuck in this place? Real quick. I will think, I think he will get over it. But the question is, will it be too late? That's the, That's the question. I right. think he'll get over it. I, I really hope that people around him are going to make him talk to like an actual uh, mental coach. Um, as we mentioned before, mental coaches are important. Talking to a therapist to just help him. Again, it could be anxiety. Anxiety sure. can make, can enable you thinking from even thinking 
even though like you can play a sport all your like really well, anxiety can cause a lot of disruption in your physical ability, mental from, yeah. from your head to your physical ability, right? So for me, I think he will get through it, but will it be too late for the Raptors to make it to the playoffs? That's the question. The yeah. timing I think of he, when he gets through it. <laughs> I think he doesn't get through it. Um, I think he had his time and uh, the game keeps moving. A lot of young players, he's just going to be left behind. But we'll see how this plays out. Hold me to it. That's uh, the thing. Are the Raptors going to wait for him? And are they going to take the pressure off of him and adjust so he doesn't feel all that pressure? Or are the Raptors just going to find someone else that, that will just take the – has that mental? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. I think we, we don't really well, – we have a few options, but having Kyle Lowry on the books is kind of uh, – maybe not allowing us to make that move because we really have to wait till Cal Lowry comes out the books, that contract. And then we could say to get that Siakam, Siakam contract type, that's when we yeah. can get them. We can't have that and have Lowry paying uh, Siakam, all these guys. We have to wait for things to free up. Um, but I, I, I just, I think it's over. I think we just have to see him who he is. He's a, maybe a third op. So I can't even call him a third option because he was a second option. Well, was he a second option last year? Real quick, on the way out, was he a second option last year in our championship run? It was Kawhi and who? Oh, in a championship run, he was third option in that run, I would think. So who was our second? Our second, I would say, is okay. Kyle or Fred, depending on the game. Yeah. So, and you, so you, okay. I'm just saying, keep in mind, Siakam and, and Kawhi said, uh, NBA finals record or, or they're up there in regards to points between them. Like Pascal did, did his jobs. So anyway, uh, the reason why I bring that up is this. Uh, he's not a, he's not a franchise guy. He's maybe a second or third option on a good team. And uh, we have to acknowledge who he is and work around that. Um, and you talk about the Kawhi thing. Maybe he was that good because Kawhi was getting all the attention. Right. He's getting doubled, right? Exactly. Like what? When everyone's focusing on Kawhi, because he's a, a huge right. presence on the offense. Right. Yeah, no right. pressure on him. No pressure, which kind of brings us to like, uh, remember uh, KD, Russ, and then you had Harden coming off the bench sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, Harden was able to do what he did because he came off the bench, and there was no pressure on him coming off the bench, right? So, um, yeah, good points all around. Um, Nelly J, let's go to for the culture. Well, the culture, we like to highlight people and organizations that are for the culture. So the, there was two on deck. The first one will be just a quick little comment. Uh, we saw today that LeBron tweeted, um, I think I'm going to put together an ownership group for the dream. Who's in? Question mark. Hashtag Black Lives Matter fist up. So a little background. Um, Kelly Loeffler, I don't know her name correctly. No, I enunciate names wrong, Fahim, so don't get me wrong <laughs> at me. But um, as everyone saw, she lost the election as senator for Georgia. She's and a Republican. she's also a part owner of, um, the, of, of Dream, which is Atlanta WNBA team. Now, um, the, that team has also spoken out against how they're not comfortable with having her as part of their ownership group. So LeBron wanting to purchase this team is to take back the culture. Because again, we know basketball and that sport is for the culture. And so LeBron is making a stand saying, you know what, if you're not for us, then why should you profit off, off of our people and our you know, organization? So what's your guys' thoughts on LeBron's statement today? And I'm thinking about, you know, purchasing this team. Trevor, Trevor? first, bro. Okay, I'll take that. Um, 
Yeah, in my thoughts on that is is interesting perspective where it's good what he wants to do, and if I'm not mistaken, recently Master P and someone Baron else Davis. wanted to do Baron Davis. Baron Davis wanted to do the same thing with Reebok to make Reebok right. black owned. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's an interesting move that he wants to make, and if he gets the right partners in place, it's funny. I always go back to a some a quote that I saw from Puffy this year where Sean Combs or PDD was saying that there's a lot of opportunity out there that he has been passed on himself. He's talking about him. He talked about himself on like Oprah and everyone, but there's a lot of opportunities that have been passed. Um, he's been passed on because it's him and he could have been so much more, but when you get down to it, maybe politics and just the, the, the nature of the world, sometimes they don't, Mm-hmm. want certain people to be in a certain position it's unfortunate and oh it's good that uh lebron is is ma- making that call out to see if he can get the right parties in, the, in involved because i mean if you look at a situation someone like a uh, tyler perry and i actually couldn't quote tyler perry as well tyler perry was of course everyone knows he's homeless and now he's done the color billionaire but what he he said it on a uh interviews or on a tv show as well where he's like i don't care what people think i just go out and do what i want and and to have that drive and to be able to be successful is is good but it's also there's a lot of factors on a lot of factors in play where you can want to do that but as it is the the system gonna allow you to do that Mm -hmm. you can say it but uh behind the scenes there may be a lot of things that prevent you i mean if they can get it done it's amazing it's good it's 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 definitely progress but at the same time i, I just remember pdp saying like that just he wanted to do so much more he could be at such a different level in terms of where he is in terms of earnings and income and ownership mm-hmm. and I, I i know he tried to own a team back in the day too and he did I remember talk, that way back I in the day back in Jacksonville, Jacksonville, he talked about ownership of uh, nfl team a long time ago but yes. what happened to that Right. So to piggyback off what you're saying, uh, the team he was looking to own, I think I'm pretty sure it was the Carolina Panthers. I'm pretty sure. Yes. That's that's the one. Yes. Yes. I hear hear, Jaguars, but I think it's the Panthers. No, that's cool. Uh, So with with Diddy, I'm definitely going to piggyback off that. He... Diddy came in, uh, wanted to... uh, First of all, he's got revolt. He's got like... Diddy, he's been a businessman from day one with uh with bad boy record coming all the way down like we know what diddy's about right yeah mm-hmm. um my but with lebron sorry what i want to say with lebron was lebron he so he's looking to purchase or not even sorry this is all not mind you i'm i'm saying he's looking to but he hasn't really said and it's just kind of something he's thrown out there yes. and so it's, yeah. it's proposed just you know um it's twitter tweet <laughs> right it's a tweet so we're not going to hold him to it if it doesn't yeah. happen right um but uh, the Atlanta Dream, WNBA team, it's a league that's not looking to expand. Um, so him looking to purchase a team, I looked into how much a team was. And how much do you think a team is? Ballpark. WNBA? Yeah. Mm, like $20 million? That's Trevor, low, get- I, uh, $20 million, I would seem low for a WNBA franchise. I would say in the hundreds of millions because NBA no, team... No, okay, I'll stop you. No, 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 no. Well, um, remember, so, remember, WNBA, though, so this, they have less... This, yeah, uh, WNBA, uh, and mind you, this is rough. Estimate, I just kind of look at... Seems to be consistent at 10,000... Uh, sorry, at um, 
10 million. Is it 10,000? I'm like, what? Yeah, I should yeah, buy a team yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I should go buy a team now for you. <laughs> no, that, no, that's a franchise player, actually. Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, so, <laughs> shots, shots, shots. Um, no, but uh, it's about $10 million uh, to get a, a franchise. So, at, yep. at my calculations, it would be nothing for LeBron to just buy the league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said buy just take the over league. the whole league. But, but is that the solution? Because they talked about it last year and they came highlighted in the bubble. Is that the, the, the pay equality, like the, the right. amounts that a guy like, those guys that are getting $200 million contracts mm-hmm. is a drop in the bucket if you compare it to all the WNBA contracts. I don't know what the numbers are, but say you have a guy, I'll, I'll pick on Tobias Harris, great guy, consistent, get your money. He's making $200 million, but maybe all the WNBA players combined are making $200 million. Of course not, right. Yeah. But then... Uh, their salaries are just significantly lower. So the team's value as well. Do you look at the team's value, but you look at is the team gonna make back that revenue? Because LeBron's a businessman. He's right. not gonna he might not bleed all of his millions into a team that is not gonna make the revenue, especially in the situation we are in the world right now. So but, right. What? but I will say though, Atlanta is blackity black, black, black. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think if he was to own a team in Atlanta and LeBron's name's behind that team. I yeah. think that's the kind of branding they need to get people in the seats, right? But the yeah. remember, it's COVID. So most of these yeah. teams make money off of, you know, um, bums and seats, right? <laughs> seats being oh, filled. Yeah. I'm, a, so, I'm, I'm a season seat holder. I've been going, I'm probably a season seat holder for close to 10 years. When that arena is full, there's a lot of money being made because I'm paying $20 for a popcorn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's true. So, so, but see how you mentioned uh, revenue. Uh, so, the WNBA, uh, it, so re- a big part of revenue is getting uh, butts in the seats watching games. Which they've struggled from from day one. Right. So, I mean, it, when we're talking about pay quality and we talk about Tobias Harris, when people come to watch Tobias Harris play, um, he's playing for an organization that can afford to pay them because they have people in interest in the seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, for WNBA, if people aren't showing up to your games, uh, there's no interest. You can't expect to be paid the same amount as someone who is. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just the facts. I agree with you, Fahim. Like, like as a woman, I like I think they are getting underpaid because, to me personally, um, some are getting paid fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand. Like, mm-hmm. how can a woman who how can she perfect her craft by being paid fifty k? Right. In the day, as you. Like the better the pay, the better the product and quality of of play you're gonna see, right? So I truly believe if you pay players better, right, or pay players more money, you get more, a better product. So, so I'm gonna so, I have to ask this then. But again, yeah. I'm not saying pay them like you know more as NBA, no. but I'm saying pay them at least like I mean a minimum. No. I think at least 80k US. So I have a, a question. So according to what you're saying, so if you doubled their salary, right, mm-hmm. like doubled their salary, do, do you think next season you're gonna have? a better product on the court because you've doubled their salary? I don't so think so. Actually, I will argue and say, because right now, a lot of players do not get to, like a lot of them have to work other jobs right. to maintain it. So I'm saying, right? if I can commit 60 hours to basketball every week, I will be a better basketball player. That's just math, right? Correlation. So if I can only commit 20 hours a week because I got to work another job because what I'm getting paid is enough, I, my skill set will not increase as much because I cannot commit as much hours. Remember, as you saw, Russell Wilson, he puts a million dollars minimum 
on his on his body alone mm. right mm. so it just tells you how much maintaining quality your body is important especially when it comes to being an athlete so yes i do believe if they were to pay NBA players, WNBA players, more money. I think we're going to see better, like more improved athletes and a better product. Absolutely, so for sure. But, the, but these players that have to get other jobs, a lot of these players are getting other jobs in basketball, like playing basketball. Not, I know, but not all of them, right? though. But yes, most of them do. But remember, if you have children, if you have a family, it's hard for you to pick up and go to Europe, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone is just a single woman playing ball, right? You have responsibility, you get pregnant. Not even Matt Lee was covered in WNBA that, that well. You know what I'm right. saying? So mm -hmm. remember, as a woman, we have a lot of factors that we're dealing with than, than what men deal with, right? So right. what I'm saying is that getting, no, listen, for me, when I was coming up in the world, getting paid bare minimum, like it's a struggle. And like mentally you're just stressed out. You're not sure how to work and whatever. If you're mentally not struggling when it comes to finances, you can focus on your craft, what you love. You'll see it. It's going to outpour in their veins, how much they're, because even in business, right? I mean, you with the owners, right? If you, if your first staff is happy, the, I mean, it, it shows that um, like products get better and people who are creative get better as well, right? Because staff is happy. So a happy staff is a happy product line. And I just think that if they, again, I'm not saying to pay them double. I'm saying if they increase somewhat of their pay so that they're comfortable. Like remember, also it depends where they live. If I'm in LA, getting paid 50,000 US isn't going to pay mm. anything. Right. <laughs> LA alone is like so expensive. So I'm not saying that these players should be comfortable in their living arrangements and that they shouldn't have to worry about finances when they're playing a sport, woman, any woman's sport, a male sport, I feel like how can these guys perform and excel in their craft if they're stressed about money? Okay, yeah. I, just, I, want, I want a simple yes or no with this one. Trevor, I'll send it out to you first. I'll ask Nelly J. So LeBron's talking about uh, buying the Atlanta Dream. Um, they're obviously not a profitable organization. In five years, do you think LeBron makes a profit? You just say simple yes or no. Uh, no. I ten years and in, in ten in ten years. Do you think no? Can I say why? Go ahead. Of course. I'll just do give you one example. Yes. When Raptors brought in Vince Carter, what did Vince Carter do that put butts in the seats? As we talk about butts in the seats. Yeah, be exciting dunks. player. Dunks, right? explosiveness. Yeah. You said it. You said it. Dunks. Oh, dunks! Right. A, a large part Women of women are dunking now, three. bro. What are we talking about? I see girls dunking in and high school, bro. I did see that. I did see clips of one girl. I don't know if she's in a high couple school. of them, not one. The quite a few them dunking in high school, bro. Dunking like five ten. They're not even tall. <laughs> what is what is the highlight of the All Star game every year? It's, it's the unfortunate reality that it's it's a, uh, guys being able to dunk right. puts them just puts them on a on a different level in that right. sense. So you're saying it's lacking excitement for you? It's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to be the it because I've actually been to WNBA games and yeah. my brother came with me and he was shocked. And he's like you, Trevor. He was like, oh, I, I'm like, yo, just call me. It's a free ticket. Come with me. And he had a, he's like, yo, like he was so shocked at how good these women were. So I really think if LeBron has a team, the, the, the masses love LeBron. You know what I'm saying? LeBron will find years. creative ways to Five make years. it profitable. Five years, yes. Five years. Ten years, yes. If LeBron is the ownership... Um, for many starts in five years could be profitable for sure. For okay. sure. LeBron's name is money. You money, said money. Things. You said two key things. For LeBron 
to get people to attend games, he's going to have to give away tickets for free, which is how you got those WNBA tickets, unfortunately. No, because my friend played the coach for that team. He's a coach, so... Sometimes you have to give literally. I'm I'm certain. And that's fine. Hey, that's fine. Give away free tickets because I know. Um, I had to do marketing for Seattle Sonics back in the day, and I remember. Um, one of the strategies was to actually do like crazy ticket discounts and free tickets because when people got there, they spent money on like you know, on like concession stands stuff like that and whatever. So that's a, that's one strategy of marketing. But I'm saying though, if LeBron is at games. Hey, LeBron's gonna be at half the games this year, like like Drake, right? That people are gonna come to those games. So my thing is that if LeBron's behind a team, you know LeBron, he puts his heart into everything. So like his other uh, efforts and other projects, if LeBron's behind the NBA team, I think from when he starts in five years, they'll be profitable for sure. That's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's go to. SOS, SOS clothing. SOS. Yo, so Trevor, you you yes. are the founder and you have your own clothing line. So SOS, SOS yes. custom clothing. It's yes. Caribbean soca influence type infused apparel, yes. right? Yes. And so a couple questions for you. What does SOS stand for? <laughs> uh, SOS stands for straight out of St. Kitts. Oh, straight out of St. Kitts. And so like... Can you kind of walk us through when did you start your your, your clothing brand? Like, why did you start designing um, type of Caribbean infused, especially especially for Toronto? I think in Toronto, there isn't that many kind of like custom black owned brands right now in the city. So I'm curious to know like your structure of your business and kind of like why did you start you know designing your clothes clothing line? Uh, for me, it started out um, almost by accident where I was going to. Uh, one of my friend's parties. I don't know if you ever met Kanya. He's also a guy that I grew up with in Sinkis, but he's up here in Canada now. He's in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, one of uh, friends. But yeah, I was going to his um, house party, Christmas party, I think. And I knew there would be a large number of people from Sinkis there. So I went to the mall and I'm like, I need to get a t-shirt that says, keep calm, I'm Ketishan. And this is about three years ago. So I went to the mall, went to one of those kiosks. They have the t-shirts there. They press for you on the spot. And I'm like, okay, well, I need the shirt for like the party tonight or I think the next day it was. And then I told him the design. He pulled up on the internet, pressed it. I'm, I'm like, how much? He's like $35 plus tax. I'm like, for a t-shirt? And I was like, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. I need it for tomorrow. So you got my money. But from that point, and I wanted the, the, the t-shirt to the party. Everyone loved it and stuff like that. And I was like, yo, where'd you get that t-shirt? Where'd you get the t-shirt? I'm like, if I can sell these to my friends, they're not going to pay $35, first of all. So <laughs> I need to find a cheaper way. And that's literally how it started. The piggyback off of that, there was, at the time, Straight out of Compton was popular. Mm-hmm. So I did a Straight out of Senkis design. And I sold, I sold it to a whole bunch of people. Like, I did a Straight out of Senkis design, got some pre-orders. I was selling them for like 10 bucks. I got a bulk order made, so it was it was um, cheaper for me. I didn't have a large markup on it. I actually went to like a boat ride, which we could go on those now, but we can't go on those anymore. But I actually went to a boat ride, and I had like literally a car full of T-shirts that said straight out of Senkits, and it was a Senkits Association boat ride. And there were strangers just coming up to me buying shirts, buying shirts, because wow. they just want something that said Senkits on it. And then I did an Instagram starting to post pictures of straight out of St. Kitts. And then people were like, oh, do you have Jamaica? Do you have this? Do you have that? 
then I started to do different designs for this all the whole straight out of. And then from since there, it's just piggyback from that where people just want to wear their own stuff, something that represents their country. That's so cool. Yeah, I think it's fascinating because I think like in Toronto, like if you want something that is of Caribbean or African descent, there's yeah. nowhere we can go for that. So I think it's cool that people now know SOS custom clothing brand got you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. And a lot of I I I started to do straight out of sinkers, and I would do straight out of whatever people want is like what country do you want? Like I even did some Haiti. I did some. Funny enough, I did uh, when um, Black Panther came out. I did tons and tons of straight out of Wakanda. Someone told me you should do Wakanda, and at the point, at the time, I was like, "What is Wakanda?" Because I didn't know it yet. <laughs> and I just did up a, a model straight out of Wakanda, and I sold so many of them because people just want to represent what's relevant. And the fact that I don't have a cl- I have a clothing line that you can do whatever you want. It's not like I have a certain design and you have to buy this. It's yeah. what you want. I'll do the design. How does it look? Okay, here you go. It's yours. Wow. So I know Jomo want uh, one for Guyana still, right, Jomo? I already know he wants one. <laughs> That's the thing. The straight out, the straight out of is kind of, I don't know, not as much people um, wear it as much now, but at the time it was more popular based on the straight yeah. out of content. And everyone, everyone wants to. Rep- what I found, especially going to parties and events, everyone wants to represent their country. People from Caribbean descent, they want to represent their country. And I would do it for anyone for any country in the world because mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just whatever you you want to represent. And I had uh, different clients who would reach out to me for different things. I'm like, yeah, if I can do up a design and get it done for you, no problem. So like a straight out of Guyana, what I even started to do with countries like Jamaica and like Guyana. I would use the color from the flags and change the color of the text to the color from the flags. So people customize. Like customize it as well, yeah. That's dope, nice. man. It's like 100% custom. Whatever you want, I'll do it. You're willing to pay me what it costs for it. And I, a lot of stuff I did uh, not with a significant marker because it was more about getting stuff, people, getting people stuff that they're happy, they're proud to wear because it's representing the country versus the profits. And now... And with time and building over, the profits will come. Is my, my my kind of thing. If you build it, the profits will come. Dope. Hmm. Well, folks, support SOS Custom Clothing Brand. We're gonna have all the information. His website, um, like like I see, you're, like like you're selling masks as well and different things. So hmm. definitely check it out. Support hmm. uh, support our own. Simple. Right. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. All right, Fahim, take it to That's Absurd. Okay, That's Absurd. Um, so what we got for this week's That's Absurd involves two centers. Uh, <laughs> one a retired, one one inactive. Um, it's so funny. Shaq's a funny guy, man. Shaq has come out. He's going after, I guess, Rudy, Rudy Gobert is on his hit list. He's been at him on social media as a bit, but what got me, which makes me saying this is absurd, is uh, he's calling Rudy Gobert, was it bag, Baguette Biombo? Because, <laughs> you yeah. know, Rudy Gobert is French. He's French, yeah. Yeah, so Baguette Biombo. Um, and plus, he's putting posts about, there's a post he put on Instagram about Shaq dunking on Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. put a caption under it. Uh, pretty much saying, you know, what he would do in a comparison to what Rudy Gobert did is obviously photoshopped, but uh, I have to say it's a little absurd. 
that uh, that shots taking shots um, at Rudy Gobert, who seems to be an innocent bystander here. I'm going I mean, with that's absurd. What, anyone else here? Is this absurd? Yeah, so like, I, I actually want to quote Shaq. I want to see okay. what he said. So he said, I'm not going to hate, but you are going to hate Shaq. Sorry, <laughs> but you are hating. Anyways, he says, I'm not going to hate, but this should be an inspiration to all the little kids out there. You average 11 points in the NBA and you can get 200 million. That's what he said. How much Tobias Harris average? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this is my thing with Shaq, right? Is Shaq, he said, he said I'm not going to hate, but Shaq, you're kind of hating because of course you're going to pay a lot of money because in the NBA this era, people are getting paid a lot of money than when Shaq was playing and Kobe back in the day. So I think it's a little kind of ting tingy that he's seen the these guys getting paid so much money and Shaq's like, yo, I wasn't even paid that much when I was playing, right? So, you know, as as, as uh, Fahim said, you know, maybe the inactiveness, maybe he's just idle, but Shaq is going after Rudy. And I must commend Rudy because he's like, yo, hey, I got $200 million. Shaq can create all he wants, but I'm still getting paid and I'm still playing ball. So the fact that Rudy is kind of dismissing it and I was giving attention, I respect Rudy for that even more. Because like, like, you know, what's the point of you beefing with Shaq? What's the mm -hmm. point? Because what he'll do is create some diss track and create a hip-hop song that mm -hmm. Fahim will not like. And then what will happen, right? So <laughs> I think it's absurd because I'm like, Shaq, you know, like, I'm a fan of yours, but it's like, I get it. It's it's tingy because you're seeing players not as good as you getting paid more than you, but the NBA has changed and so has its money. And that's it. So going, to, going to the money aspect, mm -hmm. uh, Gobert's got over $200 million over multiple years. Yes. Um, real quick. Trevor, you're Utah's GM. Are you giving him that contract? Are you going to let him go? Um, in terms of what Gobert offers, he's a unique... His his skill set is unique in the sense that his size and length, there's probably only two or three other guys in the NBA that have it. Mm -hmm. And Utah wants wants him they maybe like him maybe not what he did earlier this year they may not may not be too happy with that but obviously they got over it because they, they paid him and mm. his what he has and what he brings there's not many of it in NBA like when Shaq was in the NBA what Shaq the guys that Shaq will go against is not much of them can stop him but only like a Yao Ming for example so in terms of Utah's GM if the money's there I'm going to pay him because he's going to go somewhere else and get it because he's a rim protector. He barely has to jump. Have you seen these guys like live and like a Utah game? He barely has to jump to protect the rim. So <laughs> yes, he's getting paid 200 million, but if he stands up and puts his hands up, it's hard for you to make a shot. Right. And if you're not making a shot, then that's benefits the team. Now, Jay, same, same question to you. If I'm the GM, um, yeah, I'm paying him because I think yeah. what Rudy does, it's just, it's just, he's just such a unique player. Like, there's no one really like him in the NBA right now. Like, what he does as a GM, I want because you can't find like it, it, there's a thousand protectors like that everywhere in the NBA. Like, you have right. one of the elite protectors, elite defenders, um, nominee defensive player of the year. Like, this guy is a defensive presence, and having on having him on your team will do a lot for your offense, but also bring confidence on your defense too. So for me, I'm keeping, I'm paying him. I'm sorry, I'm paying him. Like, I don't agree with Shaq. I think Shaq is caught up on the 11 points, but if I think if Rudy had to score, he would, but he doesn't have to score. He has 
off he has players around him that can score for him. Like why why would Rudy average more points to prove that he's a, a good player? Like I don't think if, he needs to, needs to do that. To be if honest, I'm the GM. I'm paying him. Uh, right. He's a NBA All Star, NBA Second Team, uh, NBA Third Team, twice, uh, Defensive uh, Player of the Year, twice. You know, like uh, he's he's got he's got caliber things. That, you, yeah. that not everyone has. So I'm definitely paying him. I know the number sounds outrageous, but I like that he's taking the high roll with this and not uh, not taking it personal. He's just going in and doing his job. So the word French, I would use is, French people are gangster, y'all. <laughs> what do you say? The what do you say, Trevor? Is, the word I would use is intangible. Right. I'm, I'm using an analogy that's not really close to Rudy Gobert. has anything to do with it. But I remember seeing a picture of Anthony Davis standing mm -hmm. next to Boban. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, Boban, yeah, yeah, you're right. Boban. And Boban is standing up, has his arms stretched up in the air with the ball in his hand. Yeah. And Anthony Davis is jumping and trying to reach it. Mm. Like, imagine mm. that. Anthony Davis is jumping and can't reach the ball that's in this other player's hand. So that intangible that Rudy Gobert has, if I get the ball in my fingertips and I keep my hands up, you're not getting it. And then I just have to put it in the, in the basket. Right. So All that's right, tangible that a lot of guys in the NBA don't have. And it's probably one of the reasons why a lot of teams are using Boban because you just stand there, put your hands up, you're probably <laughs> blocking the rim, and it's it's harder for a guy to make a shot when he can't see the rim. Yeah, yeah, Boban is a presence. So Shaq, Shaq, it's that presence, Shaq's, that intangible presence. Shaq's mm -hmm. got to put some respect on Gobert's name. Mind you, Shaq is a marketing genius. Yeah, right, I know right. he is. Listen, Shaq has a, has been on this for sure. Probably <laughs> can create some kind of like song with him rapping. All right. Who knows? Yeah. The key <laughs> thing is that he's picking on a center. What he does, he only picks on guys in his position. He doesn't really pick. He won't pick on a Steph Curry because he can't compare himself to a Steph Curry. Right. But he will pick on guys that play the same position as him. Right. All right. So right. that's episode At twenty. 21 let's put it in the books episode 21 so y'all you know on the way out we want to give our amazing guest trevor a chance to do a shout out so trevor what you want to shout out today bro the floor what? is yours trevor <laughs> in terms of shout outs i'll just say um if you're watching this definitely follow me on instagram sos underscore custom underscore clothing um, take a look at what I have. There's some stuff there that I don't even post because a lot of people just DM me, do you do this? Do you offer this? There's a lot of custom stuff I do that I don't necessarily post, but I try to post as much as what I offer so you get an idea. Um, one shot that I have is um, one of my um, main clients right now is actually Skinny Fabulous. The, there's a mm. Instagram uh, shop, Skinny Fabulous. I'm actually managing that Instagram as well as doing the merchandise for him. So that's one of, that's, that's currently my one of my biggest clients. So anything to do with the skinny fabulous merchandise currently, it's me behind the scenes. Nice. So that would be my shout out. Shout out to Skinny Fabulous for working with me. Um he did some interviews where he's happy with the product and he's happy with I, I speak with him almost on a weekly basis and he's happy with the product and what I was able to uh, collaborate with him on the key thing of, of what i do is a lot of people present me with their designs mm -hmm. and i just kind of make it happen and put it together and get it out there to the customers nice so, so trevor respect so if you don't want that has a clothing brand or has a design idea that they want to get out there i help them get out there and uh the, i do it for free wow dope 
Trevor, you put the word custom in SOS custom clothing because I, I, I like I like the fact that you're customizing it. So respect, big up, and, yeah. and you were glad that you came through tonight. Funny enough, with that word, people still come to me and they're like, oh, do you do custom designs? And I'm like, I usually, yeah, I do. Because I don't know <laughs> my name. Them, but I, I get it. I probably got it maybe a hundred times. Do you do custom designs? Right. I, I put in the name on, on for that purpose. And you mentioned it. I put in the name for that purpose to let people know, like, I'm not trying to push my brand on you. I'm, right. Let me know what you want and I'll get it done. Nice. That's so dope. Nelly J, any shout outs on the way out? I have a quick shout out to Trevor. Thank you for jumping on the podcast. We appreciate you, bro. Shout out to everyone making it happen in 2021. It's only, it's, it's a week where we down and just keep grinding, keep at it, stay positive. And I want to do a big shout out to my, my, my home girl. I don't know her, but I'll call my home girl. Her name is Bianca Smith. Okay. Um, she joined the Boston Red Sox as the first black woman to coach. In professional baseball history okay right so bianca big up yourself girl like just just congrats that's huge yeah. i'm sorry yeah no doubt no doubt and that's that's a good way to end this episode okay so here we are episode 21 good rookies podcast trevor thanks for coming out once again thanks guys uh google spotify everywhere you want to get a podcast any podcast app we are there for you Thanks, guys. Please share with a friend and subscribe before what you go. Share with a <laughs> that subscribe button. That's right. <laughs> Good Rookies Podcast, and we out. Peace. Peace.